Now, at this point, we're going to have our Bible reading, so I'm handing over to Barbara. Today's reading is from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 1, reading verses 1 to 9. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great. Thank you so much, Barbara, for giving us that reading. Um, I'm now just going to pray for Josh as he brings the word. So, Lord God, I pray that you would just be with us now, God. I thank you um, that you love when we get to know you more and spend time um, digging into your word. And, God, I just pray um, that as Josh brings this word, I pray that you would bless him for the time that he spent um, putting the work into to bring this to us today and God I just pray that you would have your hand on everyone as we just dig into Galatians. God speak to us uh, about what you uh, want to say to us today. God just speak into our hearts. God we thank you for this time that we have together and we just pray for your hand of blessing over Josh now. Amen. I'm going to hand over to Josh now. Well, it's a great joy and delight to be able to share with you today from God's word. My prayer for you is that you will be changed through this morning, through what God has to say to us. I pray that for myself. I pray that for all of us, that we would be transformed by God's word. This morning, we start a new series, Galatians Unpacked. And over this year, we will be working through Paul's letter to the Galatians. We'll be doing this in three or four mini-series. Now, last week... I launched our Set Free Vision Focus for 2021. If you didn't get a chance to be with us last week and you haven't watched the message, really encourage you to watch that as it will give you a real flavour for our focus over 2021. And as I shared this, uh, this is based, our Set Free Vision Focus is based on our verse for the year, Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. God is in the business of setting us free. He wants to set you free from all the things that bind you. My prayer for you is that during 2021, you would know and experience a greater freedom than you you have ever known before, rooted in the person of Jesus Christ. That you would know freedom from limiting mindsets, 
damaging behaviours, addictions and much more. Now as part of this vision focus, I really felt God laying on my heart that he wants us to go back to the basics. As part of this, I want us to look at Paul's letter to the Galatians because it lays out the central gospel message for us. In fact, as we, sh- as we shall see, Paul challenges the Galatians who are turning to a different gospel. We read about this in Galatians 1.6. And the church today faces great challenges immediately in this time of covid And more broadly, with the seismic changes going on in wider society. In these days, it is more important than ever that we remind ourselves of the gospel of Jesus. We want to be a church that is centred on the person of Jesus Christ, as revealed in the Holy Scriptures. So as we embark on this journey through Paul's letter to the Galatians, I want to give you a brief introduction to the letter. As I've said, Galatians is written by Paul, the Apostle. It was likely written around AD 50, that is 15 to 20 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. The letter was written to churches in the region of Galatia, which was a Roman province in Asia Minor. This letter has the strongest tone of all Paul's letters. As we work through the letter, you will no doubt notice this. This all shows Paul's concern for the Galatians particularly that they are abandoning the gospel or the good news of Jesus and therefore abandoning Jesus himself. So today we are focusing on Galatians chapter 1 and verses 1 to 9 and the title for today's message is the uniqueness of the gospel, the uniqueness of the gospel and today I want to talk about three questions as we explore the uniqueness of the gospel that Jesus Christ brings. The first is, what is the gospel? The second is, how do we lose the gospel today? And thirdly, how do we know whether we have the true gospel? So let's start by asking this first question, what is the gospel? As we think about what the gospel is, the starting point needs to be thinking about why Jesus came to earth. In Galatians 1, 3 to 5, we read, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. The primary reason that Jesus came to earth was to rescue us. Jesus came to give us freedom, to set us free from sin and death. You know, the founders of most other religions came to teach. Jesus did, of course, teach. But more than this, he came to rescue you and me. Imagine you see a man drowning in a river. You don't throw him a manual on how to swim. You don't start spouting, teaching at him about swimming. No, what do you do? You throw him a rope or jump in and rescue him. Jesus came down from heaven to earth to rescue us. What does Jesus mean? It means saviour. Friends, with regard to sin and death... We are utterly helpless. Apart from Jesus, we are nothing. Some theologians call this spiritual inability. We are in absolute need of Jesus as rescuer. There is only one who can rescue. Only one who can rescue you and me. It is Jesus Christ. Jesus' rescue was through substitution. He substituted himself for us. 
He took our place. He died on the cross to pay for all that we have ever done and will ever do wrong. This is what makes Jesus' substitution so radical. He didn't die so that we could have a second chance, so that we could have a second bash at it and see how we get on. No, in his rescue of us, he has done all that is needed. Our being saved, our salvation, relies on God alone. It is by his grace alone that we are saved. One day a man went to visit a church. He arrived early, parked his car and got out and another car pulled up uh, near him. And the driver told him, I always park there. You took my place. The visitor went into the entrance lobby of the church, found an empty seat and sat down. Someone from the church approached him and said, that's my seat. You took my place. The visitor was somewhat distressed by this rude welcome but said nothing. Just before the service started, the visitor went into the main church meeting area and sat down. Another member walked up to him and said, that's where I always sit. You took my place. The visitor was even more troubled by this treatment, but said nothing. Later, as the congregation was praying for Christ to dwell among them, the visitor stood and his appearance began to change. Horrible scars became visible on his hands and on his sandaled feet. Someone from the congregation noticed him and called out, What happened to you? The visitor replied, I took your place. Friends, that is what Jesus has done for you. Jesus has taken your place. Jesus has substituted himself for you. Jesus has taken on himself all the wrong things that you and I have done and ever will do. Jesus says, I took your place. As a result of Jesus' substitution, we are free from the power of sin and death. Our destination is no longer hell, eternity without God, but rather it is eternity with God. We are no longer judged on what we have or have not done. Instead, we are judged by what Christ has done for us. The good news is that he has done it. It is finished. You are set free. You know, there are many messages of self-salvation around. A religious one that says, if I keep to the rules, I would experience eternal salvation. And then there is a secular one that if I live in this way, I will experience blessings now. Timothy Keller says, if you do not build your confidence on the word of Christ, you must build your confidence on your own work. Friend, which gospel do you believe? One that relies on your own work or one that relies on the saving work of Jesus Christ, the rescuer? Let's now move to the second question. How do we lose the gospel today? How do we lose the gospel today? Paul really challenges the Galatians in our passage today. He writes to them in Galatians 1, 6-7, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of, grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. The Jewish Christians in Galatia were insisting 
that the new Gentile Christians had to adopt the customs of the Jews to be Christians. They were insisting on them following the dietary laws and being circumcised. They were effectively saying that your salvation is based on Jesus plus. That is Jesus plus following these extra Jewish requirements. In doing this, they were taking away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is this that leads Paul to addressing the Galatians with such a strong tone. So today in the church, we don't require circumcision when people come to faith in Jesus, or they don't have to follow any particular dietary requirements. But there are always ways that we can, in Paul's words, turn to another gospel. I want to talk about three of these today that we can see in the church today. Number one, and this can happen in more evangelical churches like ours, there can be too much of a focus on our own faith as the basis for our salvation. The scripture says in Ephesians 2.8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Our salvation is not based on our level of faith, but on God's grace to us. We of course have to respond to that grace and exercise faith, but it's not reliant on our level of faith. It's reliant on God's grace. You notice that in these words from Ephesians, that we are saved by grace and through faith. It is not by our faith, but by his grace. Faith is the mechanism, the vehicle, through which we receive our salvation. Grace is the originator of our salvation. The second way I see the church turning to another gospel, and this is particularly the case for more liberal churches, is where it is said that it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you are loving. Now, there are two main problems with this. The first is that it excludes bad people from the gospel. This gospel would suggest that if someone is not loving, then they cannot be saved. The second is that it would suggest that we do not need grace. If our salvation relies on us being loving, we don't need God's grace, and therefore the glory goes to us rather than to God. And the third way that we see the church turning to another gospel is by churches becoming extremely intolerant of small differences in dress or custom. This can often be the case in more authoritarian or ritualistic churches. I wonder as a church or as individuals, do we fall into any of these three errors? And how do we avoid, as Paul puts it, turning to another gospel? Well, this brings me to my third and final question for us today. How do we know whether we have the true gospel? The simple answer to this is, does it align with the scripture? Does it align with God's word, the Bible? Timothy Keller writes, Paul is telling the Galatians to evaluate and judge both him as an apostle and his teaching by the biblical gospel. The Bible is the foundation for and the creator of the church. The church is not the foundation for or creator of the Bible. The church in its hierarchy must be evaluated by the believer with the biblical gospel as the touchstone or plumb line for the judging of all truth. In other words, we need to measure the gospel that we believe by the Bible. Do we have a biblical gospel? 
Jesus is the rescuer and we live in a world that is in great need of a rescuer. And Jesus Christ is the only one who can save us. We also live in a world whose values and understanding is moving further and further away from the gospel of Jesus. Never has it been so important that the church reminds itself of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we abandon the biblical gospel message, we abandon Jesus. Paul makes it very clear that if we accept a gospel other than the one that Jesus Christ gives to us, that we are under condemnation and therefore we cannot be rescued. Paul says in Galatians 1.8 that even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. This leads me to making a plea to you. Please be someone who reads the scriptures. Immerse yourself in the story of the rescuer, Jesus Christ. Read about the only one who can rescue humanity, can rescue me and can rescue you. I want to encourage you to commit to regularly reading the scriptures and asking God to open your heart to what he wants to say through these to you. An old preacher once advised his young Christian brothers and sisters to preach, to preach a full gospel, Christ and nothing else, a plain gospel, Christ and nothing else, a pure gospel, Christ and nothing else. Let me finish with a story. In Liverpool, the sailors' home was once on fire at night and a great cry of fire was raised. When the people assembled, they saw in the upper stories some men crying for help. The fire escape did not nearly reach where the men were. A long ladder was brought and put against the burning building, but it was too short. A British sailor in the crowd soon rushed up the ladder, balanced himself on the uppermost rung with his foot and seized the windowsill with his hands and shouted, Quick, men, scramble over my body onto the ladder and down you go one by one the men came down until all were saved and then the sailor came down his face burnt his hair singed and his fingers blistered but he had saved the men that ladder went a long way but before the men could be saved it needed the length of a man there is only one true gospel the gospel as revealed in the scriptures we are all saved by only one man. We are all rescued by only one man. This gospel, this good news, is of the one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who loves you and gave his life as a substitute for yours. He calls you now and invites you into his good news journey. He sets you free and calls you into freedom. He offers you life in his name. Will you accept this one true gospel? Will you say yes to the saviour, to the rescuer? So I want to pray for us now and pray that we would have a fresh revelation of this gospel of Jesus Christ, that we'd have a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ, the rescuer. So let's pray for a moment. Let's be still before God. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to come now. Invite him to come into our homes may just want to declare even now Jesus we just say you are Lord in this home you are Lord in my home 
you may just want to say, come Holy Spirit, come now into my home. Come now to me. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come to bring us fresh revelation of the truth of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it is by grace alone, that it is through Jesus alone that we re receive salvation. And there may be some uh, who are watching now who've never received that salvation, who've never said yes to Jesus. I just encourage you now, if that's you, just to say, yes, I choose you, Jesus. I receive your substitution. I receive your death and resurrection that you've paid for my sin. I receive you. I put my trust in you. For others, there may be those who feel they've erred recently, that they've put their trust in another gospel. Or maybe they've felt they've lifted something up before the truth of the gospel that Jesus is the way to the Father and if that's you, you may just want to lay that down before God now just repent from that and say Lord I'm sorry and I want to come back to the truth of your gospel for all of us we need a fresh revelation a, a strengthening and a building in our hearts of this true gospel that God wants to give to us. Oh Lord, we just want to bless you and praise you for who you are. Thank you for the amazing work that you've done for each one of us. That even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us because he loves us, because he wants to shower us with his grace. Lord, we bless you and praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Great stuff. Well, we're going to go into time of worship now, so let's lift up the name of the Lord and let's praise him because he is our rescuer. Let's worship. So we declare Christ alone. Jesus, you are the only one. Jesus Christ is Lord. I just encourage us in this moment, you know, just going back to the message I was bringing earlier, that's there is only one true gospel, and that gospel is in Jesus Christ. And I just encourage us to declare that over ourselves now. The Bible teaches us that we have authority of our, over our own beings, over our own bodies. Uh, and we have authority over the space that we inhabit as well. And so let's just declare the lordship of Jesus. I declare the lordship of Jesus in this church building now. We just say that this church building is for Jesus alone. I declare it for myself that Jesus alone, just encourage you to do that now as we finish our service now, just to declare the Lord's Lordship, Jesus' Lordship in your home, over your thoughts, over your behaviours, over everything. Because Jesus is the only one ultimately who brings life. He brings us life in its fullness in this lifetime and he brings us life in the life to come as well. Lord, we want to bless your name. We want to say that you are the cornerstone, that you are the one on whom we want to build our whole lives. Lord, we declare your praises. We worship you. We lift you up. We declare your lordship now. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that your kingdom would break out, that your kingdom would break in. Lord, that your kingdom 
would be at work in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, in our actions, in all that we do. And Lord, we just pray that in this season of challenge, of, of boredom, of struggle, Lord, that you would break in by your presence. Lord, we pray for those on the front line. We think of the NHS and think about all those who've had to endure so much over this last year. We pray, Lord, for your peace and your love over them. Lord, would you meet them in their place of turmoil, in their place of stress, in their place of struggle. We pray for all those on the front line that you would draw near to them that you would give them your peace. We pray for all those in our church community who are serving on the front line in these days, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would draw near to them, that you would uplift them. Lord, as a church community right now, whether we're in the church building or whether we're at home together, we lift up our brothers and sisters at St. James who are on the front line. We pray and speak your blessing over them now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for each one of us that you would help each one of us to live in the truth of the gospel help us not to settle for another gospel help us to focus on the gospel of jesus christ alone and lord i want to pray your blessing over each of us now just pray lord that you would go before us you would go behind us you'd go alongside us and you'd go in us that we would both experience your blessing for ourselves but also that we would carry your blessing. We'd be carriers of your blessing to other people as well. Lord, we pray all this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been great to have you with us this morning in our online worship. Thank you for being with us as we've uh, given streaming, live streaming a go for the first time. Um, It'd be lovely to hear your feedback as well, um, how you found this, um, and if you've really enjoyed it, or whether you struggle with anything, any technical issues, or just the overall sort of uh, how it's how it comes across we'd love to have some feedback so please do feel free to email me and uh, we can we can have a look at that and uh, as we finish our service as well just a couple of things to mention firstly that we're going to have some community time again today community is obviously a, a really important thing for us as a church and it's one of those things we struggled with over lockdown but we're really trying to press into it still and so uh, we're going to have some time after the service over zoom so please do join us um, and uh, we'll pop the link in the uh, service. Normally, I'm at my computer here, you see, so I'll pop it in as I'm, as I'm saying this on the pre-recorded, but I can't do that right now. So uh, I'll do that just after the service finishes. And also, we're going to continue, um, as we've done in previous weeks, of having some online, uh, o- online chat prayer. So please do join us for that. It's a great way for us to intercede and pray uh, for our nation and our church at this time. So God bless you. It's been really good to see you. And we'll see you soon.